0: It's when you sit back and say, oh, yeah, I did this amazing adventure where I went and saved some boy emperor. And someone says, that's cool. I got to chop off the head of some giant beast that you've never even heard of. And we saved its babies. And we hatched another one out of an egg. Here, look at my hands. They're covered in blood. And you say, <laughs> "You say, what? That sounds amazing. Why couldn't I have gone on that? You know, And that's, that's what we want because we're hoping that when you come back, you might see that
1: it gives your bard character something Mm. to do, too, right? Oh, yes. The voice you just heard belongs to Paul Iverson, owner and head of plot for Alliance LARP Utah, a live-action role-play game for aspiring adventurers ages 10 and up. Today on In the Telling, I'm looking at two opportunities for playful participants to get in on the action. Spectating is not the modality of these storytelling experiences. Join Paul Iverson.
0: Hi, my name is Paul, Paul Iverson. And I am the owner of Alliance Art, Utah.
1: Along with Evermore Actor Lee Liston.
2: Well, my name's Lee Liston. I'm an actor here in Utah. I, I I'm kind of like a I mean not too bad, but I'm kind of a renaissance man. I do a lot of different things like music, acting, you know, bodybuilding like fitness and things like that. I'm dabbling and kind of deciding what I really love. But storytelling ultimately is um I love to be a storyteller, I love to portray emotion, I love to inspire people you know through different things
1: as we talk about immersive storytelling in live action role play and at evermore park in pleasant grove i'm your host liz christensen and it's all in the telling welcome to episode six in on the action this episode of in the telling is sponsored by bbmty studios a space for independent creators to bring their work to life and show it to the world. Their first comic, The Box, is available for free on Webtoons and Tapas and updates every Friday. Get drawn into the suspense and horror of The Box. Listen through to the end of the episode to hear the episode extra an Alliance LARP Utah teaser written and read by Dane Ficklin. So, Paul Iverson is the owner of what now?
0: Alliance LARP Utah. Uh, LARP stands for live action role play. It is a group of people that get together and dress up in medieval armor and beat the living daylights out of each other while pretending to be other people that they aren't in real life. Yeah. (laughs)
1: That's an awesome explanation actually I think.
0: Like there's so many ways of, of trying to describe that. Like some people say oh yeah it's like Dungeons and Dragons but in real life you know and or they'll be like, it's like World of Warcraft, but in real life. Or I'll just say, it's like improv acting, but with weapons. You know, like it's a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Those are all very good explanations. Right? I feel like I feel like most everybody knows something about one of those, and so we understand right, exactly.
0: exactly. And uh, I mean, there's other ways. Like I have like with all my friends that come in that I've talked to about LARPing, I have various ways of explaining to them. And they're just like, well, I don't understand. What do you mean, like World of Warcraft, but in real life? And I'm like, well, just imagine. You're sitting there, it's the middle of the night, and you're checking in, and someone gives you an envelope. And inside that envelope is a picture of someone. And at the very bottom of this picture, it says, this person needs to die by midnight. Like, how awesome would that be? You get to (laughs) play a game of assassin, you know? Like, it's so much fun.
1: Lee Liston is a returning actor at Evermore Park, a -a one-of-a-kind experience park that opened in Pleasant Grove in 2018.
0: Evermore, I
2: think... People think of every more is like a beginning, middle, end, and I think it's hard to explain because it's not like just a cinematic experience where you come in and have a beginning, middle, and end, and that's what it is. I think it because it's always evolving and changing and living. It's really never the same thing when you go in, and what I mean by that, and that's so vague, is that you go in, you go on quests, you interact with characters, and what world walkers, or that's what they call people that come into the park, don't completely understand is that they are actually inspiring a lot of the story. They're inspiring what people do. You like as, as characters in the park, we're not just inspiring people that are um, coming in, they're inspiring, like they're inspiring us to do things. an example of that is someone was coming in, but she was kind of like teasing me a little bit and teasing suds, suds McBride, that's the character I play. He owns the tavern, the crooked lantern. And she's like, You're just not very interesting, you know, and kind of teasing me a little bit. And and the thing that got inspired by that, she asked me, she goes, Like, so do you do you do you fancy anyone? And I was like, Well, I I kinda like a Clara Nettleton, she runs the mill with her. You know, and that inspired this whole story for in if you want to talk about beginning, middle, end, of me like courting her, sending letters, you know, meeting with her on dates which turned into me proposing to her and trying to earn her father's respect, you know, and, a number of different things. And until the point that I actually proposed and then she got sick with the darkness, you know, that was the whole thing of war and it turned into this whole shebang. So, and that was all inspired because somebody asked if if I like fancied someone. So I think if world walkers or people that come in with that perspective, that they are inspiring Things and they're not just being inspired to, like, go through this linear thing, then it becomes a lot more understandable. because It's not typical, you know, and I think that's why it's hard to put your finger on it, like, exactly what it is.
1: As Evermore Park was preparing to open for Lore last fall, there was a lot of speculation as to what this new type of entertainment would be. Was it an amusement park? A theme park? A theatrical piece on an epic scale? I went to lore and thought it was like walking into the pages of a choose-your-own-adventure story and scavenger-hunt hybrid. But one of the ways I heard it described before it even opened was LARP for the masses. LARP is that thing people do running around parks with swords, kind of like Stratego but with real people. I had only played a few LARP games before I went to Evermore Park, and I was still trying to wrap my head around both forms of entertainment. LARP for the masses was a description that made a lot of sense to me. But it turns out LARP is already for the masses, even if they just don't know it yet.
0: I have honestly seen every type of person you can imagine come to a live action role playing game. Um, I've seen uh, a lot of um, anywhere between like 10 year olds all the way up to 60 year olds. Um, I haven't seen anyone past the age of 60 yet, but I'm sure I'll be that person, you know, like I'll be doing this until I'm 80 or something. So I can't move, or maybe even my wheelchair, I'll just be pushing forward with like a little jousting. I don't know. But uh, we see all forms of types of different people, you know, from lawyers and doctors have played to your stereotypical live in your mom's basement, you know, teenager kind of thing. Every single type of person you can possibly imagine comes to these these types of things.
1: It sounds like on first introduction, like a very um, extroverted game.
0: It is. In fact, gosh, we, we've actually struggled with that in our game recently, where a lot of introverted people, they really want to try and play, they really want to get out there, but it's so hard for them to break into the mold. And we've actually come up with solutions for that to get these people enjoying. Because, uh, I mean, once this this game, it works for every type of person. Any type of person can, can play this, whether they're intellectual and they love to think analytically, or they're super out there and uh, very charismatic or whatever, you know. All different types of people complain.
1: Both LARP and Evermore Park offer a way to get inside a story, act it out, without months of rehearsal, without having an audience, without learning the different ways to play the improv game, and more fully engaging all your physical senses than just engaging your imagination as you read, or leaving you on a couch as your fingers and eyes navigate the intricate world of some video games. It's that old adage that what you put in is what you get out, This type of experiential storytelling asks and offers more. That that
2: is also the Achilles heel, I believe, because getting people to buy in, because some people are very service level like, what am I supposed to do? Entertain me, do something. I paid money. I mean, the people that buy in legitimately or start to care about the people that are there and see it, understand it, I think they're the ones that get the most value. And so it's getting the people, not just the because you, you obviously get this, like, two extremes. You either get the people that are really, really into it or the people that are very just, like, I'm just observing.
1: I, I don't I don't know how to do this or I don't want to do this.
2: Right. And, like, because some people aren't that social or, like, some people aren't that, like, on their toes or they don't imagine or they don't play pretend. You know, like, they just go to their jobs, they work, they make money, and they go home. You know, like, like and not to bash on any individual group, one thing I saw... That the hard time, it was like my summer sales friends are people that like, they're like, I work, I sell, I make money, I buy things I like and I experience whatever I want. And with that mindset, I felt like they didn't have a lot of passion in like coming to a place like that. So it was a lot harder to get them to buy in. And, but I think the people that were storytellers or people that were kind of in or cared to meet other people, they were the ones that naturally found You you, found a natural way to get in on it.
1: World walkers who are creatively playful or just socially playful are more likely to have a good experience?
0: Yeah. The one thing that I tell everyone, whether introverted or or extroverted or ambivert or, or an expressionist or an analytical, whatever, to get involved, you simply have to do. We have so many what we call module hooks or adventure hooks that are scattered throughout the game, uh, whether it be a, a lair card, something that you have to investigate out in the woods, and if you see the lair card, you can bring it to the plot team and we'll run an adventure for you, or people NPCs uh, non player characters going into the game, you know trying to hook people with their story, like, "Oh my my, my cow is sick, we need someone to come and help, We need five adventurers, please, let's go. We are introducing something called the guilds, which guilds have specific missions just for specific types of people. Honestly, like if you are a brand new character and someone is asking you to volunteer to do something, do it because guaranteed you're gonna have fun
1: so the only the only choice that doesn't get you an adventure or a way to participate in the game is to just sit and watch and not do a thing, and
0: even then, you <laughs> might have people coming in to hook you on something I mean honestly, if you're sitting there saying, "No, I don't want to go, no, I don't want to do this, you're not going to have a good time. You just have to have uh, was that movie with jim carrey yes man i think just say yes to everything and watch what happens like it's crazy It'll lead you down a very dark rabbit hole uh there's just so many things that can go go on during one of these events
1: a story that fully engages you and that you can inspire or influence but it isn't directionless larps and evermore they aren't relying solely on your own creativity to power your experience
2: there is, you know, a story or, or an overall goal that they want, but there is like a lot of improv that is thrown into it, you know, in, 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 but improv, like in the sense that like, not like saying something witty, but, all, but very much going with what's happening.
1: Um, so like, yes, and style. Yeah, exactly. That's really cool. How, how much of Evermore's experience is something though, that is like uh, prescribed or outlined? Like, what are you given to work with?
2: Well, they do have an overarching, you know, because it is a season. A lot of it was in the very beginning, we didn't have, you know, much to work with. You know, it was just kind of we're, we're thrown into this and evolving it. And then it's, it, it was kind of funny because then we started beginning uh, in Aurora, the second season, a lot more to work with. But then we realized that, that that was also hard because constricting something that was meant to be more free, you know, kind of like Black Beauty, you know, the horse It just kind of like it was meant to be more free, we realized that it it, it was better with light, you know, storytelling. But and so it's kind of like, you know, in actors or in film, it's like this is your mark, land here. You yeah. Know, they tape it and everything like that. I believe that's kind of what a lot of the storytelling became was. It's – I I don't care how you get there, but this is where I want you to land.
1: But tonight this plot point has to be right. accomplished. Exactly. Okay. So they're kind of giving you, I, I don't know, outline is kind of the word that keeps coming to my mind, but like, you got to hit point A, you got to hit point B. Yeah,
2: so it's like. So that
1: next week we can do C.
2: Right, exactly. So that way it sets it up. Okay. So that way, I mean, that way it's. Because they, they do have a story that they want to get across, but. And then that way the actors like land on these marks. What was your honest experience of, of Evermore? I mean, on your own, independent of like knowing people or this or that or like. Like not behind the curtain but I'm talking about as a performance i guess
1: um it it took me a minute to find my way in to mm-hmm. the story, even as a performer, and knowing like, okay, I'm gonna engage, I need to like ask questions, I need to like interact with people, and I'm comfortable with that it took it took me a minute to find an entry point, yeah, but as soon as i we had an entry point, we felt like we were comfortably given a way to Follow the evening a little bit, like to to participate in something. Mm -hmm. Definitely, because I think because I'm a performer, it was probably harder for me to understand is this improv or is there like a story? Because it's clearly when you perform, there's typically one or the other. There's not like a middle ground. So knowing just how much we could step outside of what seemed like the path that we're inferring, obviously, what's the path, right? Mm -hmm. But as the night goes on, it's like, okay, clearly, if there's paths, there's definitely multiple paths. And so by the end of the night, we, we knew we weren't able to, like, fully accomplish the quest. We were trying to get knighted. Yeah. Um, because we just were running out of time. We had young kids.
2: Time goes by fast faster. I don't know. Yes. For people. Like, hey, you didn't think about it because people, you know, like, number one, you're competing with people trying to get quests done. Yes. And, and then there was so many, you know, and, and, and like, sometimes you're in the line.
1: Yeah, so th- we needed to make the executioner laugh. There, or say something nice to the executioner so that the fairies would give us a coin. Just a, that's what my daughter wanted to do. She didn't really care about being knighted, but she was chilling with the fairies. There was something else about, oh, I can't remember because so it's been a couple of months, but the executioner was really busy doing like a gambling game yeah, yeah. with like it, a whole line of people. That's like one of
2: certain's like best friends. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you ever played a murder mystery dinner game that comes in a box and you invite your friends over to play characters and solve the murder? Or one of those escape rooms in a box games? I love them. I think they are so much fun. Evermore and LARPing, though, they're both more complex and more open than that. So how do you explain something like that to someone who hasn't experienced it themselves?
0: A lot of the stuff that uh, we come up with is not in a box. You can't find the ideas that we come up with for these, these amazing stories. Typically how we package it for people, if you will, um, is it just simply starts with, with getting people interested. We tell them about uh, what we do, how we do it. We give, like, testimonies, so to speak, of, of other LARPers and how they uh, enjoy the game. Uh, and it's all word of mouth to start. Because people, you're right, people don't know what LARPing is. They, they, they might see it in movies that have come out. They might, you know, have overheard it from friends. But until someone shows them what it could really be like, they have no idea. And that's where the fun comes in for me, because I get to show them how much fun this can be.
1: So there's this awesome story thing that you can do, but until you do it, it's really hard to understand what you're doing. It's really not that nebulous. Here's some more explanation.
0: There are many methods. Uh, again, there's the, uh, the part of arts. Usually it's the same situation as like a murder mystery. You're given uh, a character to portray and to act out various scenes or um various, uh, circumstances that might happen. With the full combat large, there's not really, you get a, you get assigned some uh, stats or abilities or a weapon and then you just go at it, you know. Uh, with what we do, it's a little bit more interactive. Uh, we create a world, uh, a setting, if you will.
1: When you say we, you mean like your,
0: my plot team, uh, and other various volunteers that help out. But We create a world, a scenario, a setting for the players to interact with. It's kind of like your, your Choose Your Own Adventure. If you remember those books? Yeah, book? I love those. Um, it's like that. You get to make the decisions for the story how you want to see it. And then it's the plot team's job to uh, wield a counter story, if you will, based off of the decisions you make. For instance, if I was to go in there and I wanted to play a knight in shining armor, uh, there's a, a set standard for how I should probably play. I need to be chivalrous and I need to go out there and save the maidens and stuff like that. And if I break those for whatever reasons, let's say like my character slays a good guy on accident or whatever, you know, uh, it might break that. And then the character has to suffer the consequences. Likewise, I could play a thief or something and go around and try stealing the, the great jewels of blah, blah, blah and um, get caught by the local sheriff. And so therefore I had to uh, deal with the consequences that way. Uh, it's just all it's all uh, wheeling and dealing story and interacting with how that works.
1: I feel like a lot of people might assume that, um like getting mm-hmm. caught by the sheriff is mm-hmm. somebody who is a plot driven character. But it, my experience of your game is that, Oftentimes, maybe you are negotiating things that happen between different characters, and you're like, nobody saw that coming. Let's all figure out how that's right. gonna go forward from here
0: that's that's the part that I love the best is when players think outside the box that we've created for them, and then us plot team having to uh, adjust the story based off of the decisions of the characters. Oh, I love it so much. It's my favorite thing in this whole thing.
1: Can you give me a good example of a time um, that that happened?
0: Yes, of course. There was a situation where, uh, we had so there's a there's a character I love that I love playing. He's one of my favorites. His name's Styles McGinnis. All right, and you have met him a couple times. And it's fun times, but uh, he was introduced to be some sort of like thieves guild uh, head, and we had a couple of players who uh, their character histories delved into like roguing and thievery and stuff like that. And I mean,
1: their character histories are created by them. So these that, are choices they they make. The,
0: these are the, the the character histories are based off of the world we create and it's them reacting to that world to make some sort of viable character based off the information. So these characters put in their histories things like, oh I, I come from a roguing family or I come from uh this type of environment that, that fits really well with this character. And so the plot team had this idea of taking one of those characters, who we really love. He's a great guy. And his character can be very slimy at times, and it's just good times. And we thought, okay, this person would be a really good contact for any new characters who have that thievery kind of background. Um and We could use that to advance uh, that storyline. So we come in with this Styles McGuinness character, who in stereotypical thievery, blackmail of kind of a situation. He blackmailed this character, saying, if you don't do what I say, then this information is going to get out. And, we and thought, this is
1: information you know because your plot, and they submitted their backstory to correct. you. Correct, and so yeah. we
0: took that information and, and and intermingled it with our our own creation. We were thinking, yes, this person's going to love it because they're going to like fall in line, and then we're going to give them all kinds of roguie-type adventures to go on. It's going to be great. But instead, they decided to bite the bullet, if you will, and go straight to the magistrate saying, look, I have this horrible past. Can you please forgive me? This man's trying to blackmail me. And I was like, wait, what? What are
1: you doing? <laughs> why, are you, why are you going all noble? We baked on you being a bad guy. <laughs>
0: exactly. And so they, they they went the noble route, and we were very shocked. And ever since then, people don't trust this character for good reason. I mean, he's a pretty shady guy. But it was just really fun to like watch how that works. And... They don't
1: trust this Stiles McGinnis yes, character? Yes,
0: correct. For reasons of, you know, simply blackmailing someone. I yeah. mean, like, that's, I wouldn't trust that kind of person either, you know. Uh, but uh, it was just great. It was great to see that interaction and us having to adapt to that and come up with a, a different storyline that fits uh, what the characters were wanting, what the players were
1: wanting. So you have, like a like, a road plan. But basically the entire nation is up for grabs and if people are like, We want to take this exit, you're like, okay, well I kinda know where we are, so yeah.
0: Right. It's like uh the movie, uh the Goofy movie back in the day. <gasps> I love where, that where 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 Goofy pulls out his map, you know, the map that him and his father used to travel to have fun. And uh Max then just randomly just puts a bunch of random things. That's exactly what it's like at our game. We we have a set destination, but how we get there, well, that's entirely up to the players.
1: This image is coming to my mind as you're explaining that. So I definitely thought of it like a Choose Your Own Adventure book, mm-hmm. which is far more constrictive and linear than I think is helpful for me to frame it like that in my head. There's a lot more options to it, not just like go left or go right. Did you die by going right? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, but it seems a lot more like it's a sandbox.
2: Yeah, and, and I think it is a sandbox, but we definitely want to give some Direction to it, you know, so it's not just completely that preformed, but it very much is a sandbox.
1: But it's like it's a sandbox with people who like live and play and know how to build really cool castles. Right, exactly. <laughs> that like are there all the time.
0: The uh, the goblins who got their ears chopped off, for instance, uh, that was supposed to just be like a inconsequential idea that wasn't supposed to take shape into anything and then it turns out that players were just like oh this is another example of players ruining everything (laughs) um but the the players were like no we can't we can't hurt these goblins because they're they're they have spirit they have souls or whatever and uh we can't hurt them you know we're pacifists or whatever so we're just only gonna like uh we're gonna give them gold and make them run away and I mean, in our world, goblins are vermin. Like if, if left on unchecked, they will take over everything. Or like cockroaches. They're and... they're cockroaches that bite. Yes, and uh, it's it's just funny to 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 watch the watch watch what happened. Like the idea is like they they would cut people's ear or cut these goblins' ears off, and so the goblins thought to themselves, "Oh no, like." if if people chop off ears then they are powerful. So now we have to chop off ears so we can be powerful. And then it just doesn't stop there. Like they'll take an ear here and a finger there. And if you happen to grab their hat, then you become chieftain and it just blew up into this crazy, crazy thing. And, Oh, it's very exhausting.
1: <laughs> um, You mentioned a hat, and there was a player at the last game who lost a hat, and was that a direct reference to that situation just then?
0: Uh, I can neither confirm or, or deny, denied. as this may or may not show up in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said a little too much there.
1: I will pretend I did not notice that detail.
0: <laughs> and uh, viewers, listeners, please just ignore what I just said about the goblin with the hat. So... <laughs> I think one of the biggest
2: satisfactions uh for Evermore was not being valued as an entertainer, like you know, the typical like clap or you know, reinforcement or acknowledgement or validation, I guess. But it was more of like the interactions when we bring value to somebody's life um individually. I remember I guess there was a there was a kid that I played, you know, said so you know, I'm always like trying to entertain us. I I try to read the room. And so like there's a lot of people, then I bring to everybody so I can entertain that amount of people. So you know, or like if there was like less people, then I could have more individual interactions. Like I just tried to read that, you know, whatever it may be. And one of the interactions I had was this kid came in, he was like a unicorn onesie, kind of an odd, you know, looking kid, and we we played chess. And I hadn't played chess in like a long time, like individually, but like I used to play all the time, and we played, and he comes up and we're playing, we're playing, we're playing, we're playing. And he beats me and I'm like, Great job, come back. And and one of the things, you know, the things that we give for, you know, compensate, you know, compensation or whatever you whatever you want to call it, is gold. And so you give us the gold and we're like, here's two pieces of gold, and I said, Come back if you want to like, you know, match I'll match your gold and play you again. And he comes back and he beats me.
1: No, sorry.
2: He comes back and then I beat him that second time. And I remember, like, saying something kind of like what a tavern person would say, full of wisdom. Like, remember, it's not about losing or thinking about that. It's about what you learn from it. And you know, just saying this thing, he loved it. And he was leaving the park, and one of the characters, the townsfolk, was like, "Like, what was your favorite thing?" And they were getting choked up because their kid had apparently attempted to commit suicide um, months before. He was in like a kind of penitentiary place and he was just getting out you know and just doing that and apparently it changed his whole perspective yeah. on a lot of things and it was but I, I didn't know that they didn't tell me that until sure. I heard it from somebody else and so knowing that I had that kind of impact on a human being was far more than I needed like to win awards or anything like that it's, it kind of gave a really good why and a really good drive to to understand like what we're doing is good even though it's hard
1: Is it sometimes hard for you to look at a situation and decide if you are having, if they're having an in-game tug of wheels or an out-of-game tug of wheels? Um,
0: I, so I'm very good at separating in-game from out-of-game. I've been doing this, like I said, for 20 years, so I can, uh, I can tell you know, when things are going too far, and we actually have marshals for that to make sure that if things do go too far, then the marshals are there to do aftercare or whatever they need to make sure that they're okay mentally, you know. And
1: they're like a, they're like a walking, uh, rule book that I'd find in a board game, right? Uh,
0: basically, well, there's, there's rules marshals who do that, yeah, uh, who are walking rule books and they can help you with that. What I'm talking about is when uh, a scene becomes too intense. Okay. Where, where it might actually trigger someone, uh, or it might make, a uh, things really awkward for other players we have marshals there to to kind of help facilitate that to make sure that things are okay afterwards you know uh you had mentioned with this question that you know people sometimes can't sometimes transfer their in-game emotions out of game or out of game emotions in game it's it's very possible and that's why we actually have a staff to uh, staff members who can pinpoint those situations and help diffuse them so that they don't ruin the game you know?
1: That sounds to me like, um, like, a way of describing their function is they help collaborate, but not on the creative stuff.
0: Correct. They're there to make sure that um, it's kind of like a like a company's HR team. You know, they're there to facilitate uh, the emotions of the employees or the customers and make sure that their voices are heard, uh, and also just to make sure that you know there are no hard feelings. Sometimes you'll have an NPC come in and kill off a character. You're talking characters, players who have been playing that character for years, and they've put a lot of financial investment in that character, whether it be costumes or weapons or, or even just simply time, because time costs money in this, in this game. And to have their character die off and not have their story completely told, it can be infuriating. We just make sure that uh, there are no hard feelings, that people do keep coming back, and that it is just a game. But we also want them to know that uh, we'll do everything in our power to make sure that their next character is going to have that same feel, that's going to have that same uh, wonder that they've experienced with their first character.
2: And, and the fun part about Evermore, it's period piece. We're back in time. There's no cell phones. There's no...
1: Like, I loved that.
2: Yeah, no cell phones, no entertainment. We're, we're, the great thing about, like, I wish I lived in that time is that we all interact like you know, we, we'd get, nowadays, we get, like, phone numbers. And thing with Clara, like, I can't run. I had to run my tavern. I couldn't go talk to Clara. So I'd be like, I'd tell her, the world walkers, like, like, will you go tell her I said hello and tell me what she says? Yeah. You know, like, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, like, they go, i oh, and tell her, like, well, oh, she likes flowers. Could you go get me a flower from one of the fairies and come back, show me the flower? And then the lock it, bring it to her tell me what she says. Right,
1: and yeah, and you, like, you have no, no you other way me? of doing it.
2: And it was just a real way of communicating with you. now it's like, get her number, find her on a dating app, or like, it's very, it's all super, it's a lot more superficial. And there's no stakes, there's no magic in it. You know, and I think Evermore being a period piece can allow that.
1: I like that a lot. I feel like that is indicative of a quality that you personally have and that the game really has. That is just—it's um, just really open to suggestion and participation. What other, like, if we were making an ingredient list of here's how to collaborate on a LARP, like, what other qualities do we need in that ingredient list?
0: If I was to make a map of how to tell a story at LARP, is that kind of yeah, what I'm asking? yeah? The very first thing is you would have to have a vision. You need to know where you want your story to go. Kind of like when a city planner comes up and plans daybreak or something. You know, like they have to have a clear idea of what they want to see.
1: Can you articulate that for me in a spoiler-free way?
0: Oof, that's a tall glass of milk there. Yes, I had an idea of a, uh, with the story that I was coming up with, I wanted people to know about the world that I've created. So we made various plot lines based off of each one of the countries, uh, some of the factions that we have within those countries, uh, some of the important player or important, uh, characters we've created. You see, I mean, there, there could be enough story to have all these countries interact and some players would be okay with that. But with LARPing, people want to be heroes. They want to be something they can't be in real life. So they, they play these fantastic characters and what better way to make a person feel like a hero than to give them a villain that they love to hate we did that with gaius varus people hate gaius varus he is a, a horrible horrible person um and so we made that character for the players to eventually defeat we'll see if they have that power but we give them a goal that they can achieve but again i love layers and layers are 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 the bigger picture and in this situation, there are bigger things than just this one person. And that's what the players have to come and find and figure out. And that's the kind of story that I personally would like to be a part of. So everything that I do is something that I want to see done so that I can do it as well. Uh, in this situation, again, I, I love the idea of being a hero. And so I make a story for heroes. Uh, and that's kind of what I am anticipating the next person who picks up my reins to do.
1: That will be the common thread, is that we create stories that create heroes.
0: Exactly. Or villains, or Well, whatever. what's a
1: hero yeah. without a villain?
0: Exactly, exactly. And some players like to be villains. They like to be the anti-heroes. They like to be the scoundrels. And we encourage that as well. But I also tell all my players that this is a game for heroes.
2: It's funny, like, you know, like I don't want to take it on a tangent, but it was so amazing, the chemistry that happened with a lot of us, and, and I wish you the world. Like, cause, did, you, did you meet Giordani, the, the the fortune teller? Oh, I don't think so. Like, or Giordani, the fortune teller, or did you meet, uh, but you did meet Seth this thing.
1: Is that the name of the like, executioner? So, yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Seth yeah. And, you know, it was, it was funny because there was a moment, like, to give you an example, like, but in, improv, I feel like is like a cheap way of saying, like being in the moment, yeah. you know, like, yeah. playing, like, 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 no, because improv does have, have its place, right? Like last time, standing, or like um, who's my anyway, or thing like that. That's where like improv really has a place. But it was interesting to be so in the moment. There's a point, so he plays his, like coin game. Yeah. And Septus plays this. He plays where you know you get the coin in the thing. Yeah, hides it under cups and. And then he would like bang it on the table. And I remember like on my on my tablet on my table, I look at it and there. There's, like, from him banging it, there's little, like, scuffs. Circular Like, dance. scuffs. And I was, like, in the moment, I was, like, you know, in reality, this would be really bad. You know, because this is, like, my tavern. And so I was, like, Seth, can I, can I talk to you? Like, what is this? You know, and, like, we got a huge argument. You know, like, kicked him out of the tower. You know, like, and like, built up. But it was just so real. And then at the end, you know, like, at the end of the night, I was, like, I'm really sorry. I I shouldn't have got so mad. I just did. You know, it was really like, not even like cliche, but like just in the moment, like, I'm sorry. I hurt your feelings. You know, it like, and it was so cool because it was things that we were just living as these characters, independent of people that were being involved. And and so, so many amazing like experiences and I had people interact where Evermore has a lot more capacity, just not to be something where you sit and watch, right. but something where you can actually grow as a person and just, just so, like, it's, it's like an embryo, your, you know, once it hits its groove, it's just going to explode, I and mean, I'm excited for that.
1: With something as deep, wide, interwoven, and responsive as these experiential story adventures, it's easy to see how these stories and activities could get unwieldy. Paul Iverson has some key advice about leading a live action role play that's applicable to any collaborative creative endeavor.
0: I look at it from a director's point of view. I like to be in control of things. I am megalomaniac, I guess. To have a solid vision. If you don't have a vision, nothing's going to get done. And then from there, you have to remember that your team is there to assist with that vision. But you want to hear their ideas. You want to know what they want to do. And a good storyteller will be able to take those aspects of their story and intermingle it into their own. Uh, I have taken many, many leadership courses in my my lifetime. One thing is, is that a good leader will look at the goals of other people and make them their own goals. So that way they can make those people amazing themselves, you know? The person who said that it's lonely on top wasn't a good leader. A person who has all of their friends up there on the top with them is a good leader. And the same thing can be said with storytelling. You want to hear other people's stories and find a way to make it work into your, your collaboration. That was, like, really brilliant.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Was, I really like that.
0: And that's why my plot team loves me. <laughs> and why I love them. It's fun stuff.
1: Ralph Waldo Emerson said, It is a happy talent to know how to play. When my daughter was younger, she would ask me to play dolls with her. I tried to oblige, but it was really hard for me. I played dolls as a child, and for many years I made my living as an actress. Why didn't I know how to play? Had the formal education and development of craft and theater and storytelling stolen my ability to play and replaced it with an over-reliance on technique and knowledge? It was actually very frustrating to me, and to her. I took my family of four to Evermore Park for its first season of lore and had a wonderful time. My husband and both my kids surprised me at their ability to engage with the characters and the experiences available to them. I did pretty well myself. Perhaps because, by then, I had been to a handful of live-action plays. It had been a little overwhelming, a little stressful, and I had felt more than a little anxiety about if I was doing it quote-unquote right but I had so much fun, I kept returning anyway. And you know what? It taught me how to play again. These games, that experience at Evermore, they're unlike any other form of storytelling. Immersive, participatory, collaborative, improvisational, guided, experiential, responsive, physically, mentally, and emotionally engaging. Lots of storytelling modalities share these qualities, but Here they all exist together and in great abundance. It's definitely unique. The founder of analytical psychology, Carl Jung, said, the creation of something new is not accomplished by the intellect, but by the play instinct. So whatever your storytelling experiences may be, I think you should play. Thank you to my guests, Paul Iverson. Thank you so much, Paul, for letting me interview you today.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: And Lee Liston. Thank you so much, Lee, for letting me interview you. Yeah. I've had so much fun talking to you.
2: Yeah, no worries. Thank you. I like me have this conversation it's kind of therapeutic for me to like, talk about everyone in So, Thank you very much.
1: This episode of In the Telling was sponsored by BBMTY Studios, a space for independent creators to bring their work to life and show it to the world. Their first comic, The Box, is available for free on Webtoons and Tapas, and updates every Friday. Get drawn into the suspense and horror of The Box. Theme music by Gordon Vettis. And The Telling is hosted and produced by me, Liz Christensen. Thanks for listening.
2: Wanted. Adventurers. dangers untold lurk within the lands of Dragonhold. Roving bandits, savage monsters, and magics both wonderful and terrible await beyond the walls of civilization. Take up your weapons, your spells, and your wits to confront evil, and reap the spoils untold as you change the very world with your actions. With all of Aetheria balanced upon the knife edge of fate, who is to say what you can't achieve? Fight for gold, for glory, for adventure, and be all that you can't be.